0: Thanksgiving in America. Thanksgiving Day, as instituted in New England, may have gained an impetus in the fact that while the pilgrims lived at Leyden, they having quitted England for Holland where they lived ten years, they were wont to observe the manner in which their Dutch friends celebrated on October 3rd their deliverance from the Spaniards. This was the most popular festival of the Dutch, except the Kermis, and was kept as both a religious and a social holiday, though it soon degenerated into merely a day of merriment. The chief dish at dinner upon that day was a Spanish hodgepodge, a stew of meat and vegetables. After observing for ten years this Thanksgiving Day in Holland, It is small wonder that after the pilgrims had come to America, they should establish a time of thanksgiving and rejoicing for their first harvest, which had yielded well. After leaving Holland, they had a perilous voyage, but at last, after many dangers and hardships, they landed on December twenty-first, sixteen 1620, on Plymouth Rock until such time as they might build houses and establish themselves upon the land. They retained the Mayflower, the vessel in which they had sailed as their home. The men went ashore every morning to work, returning to the ship at night. They built a common house to which the sick and dying were transferred, placed their four little cannon in a fort, which they built on a hill close by, built two rows of houses with a wide street between, and lastly, landed their stores and provisions. Then the whole company landed toward the last of March, and in April, the Mayflower sailed away. The winter had been a hard and bitter one. At one time, all but six or seven of the pilgrims were sick, and when spring came, more than half their number had died shortly after the landing of the pilgrims while searching for a suitable place in which to build their houses they one day came upon some deserted indian huts in which they found some baskets filled with corn from this supply they saved enough to plant their first year's crop Set, who had seen englishmen along the coast of maine and Squato, who had himself been in england and the great chief Massoit all visited the newcomers and extended a welcome to them. Friendly relations were thus established with the Indians, and a treaty of peace was contracted. The pilgrims owed much both at that time and for years after to the red man for instructions as to climate, planting of grain, and procuring of game. In the spring of 1621, their seed was sown, And throughout its growing was watched most anxiously for well they realized that upon this first harvest depended the prosperity of the little colony and even their lives to their great joy the harvest gathered in in October was beautiful and carrying out no doubt the idea of the English harvest home which lasted a week Governor Bradford ordered a three days feast in celebration to which were bidden Chief Massasoit and their other Indian friends. Wild turkeys, geese, ducks, and waterfowl, fish especially cod, and shellfish, barley loaves, cornbread, and vegetables no doubt formed the chief food at their feast. Not to speak of the five deer brought in as an offering by the indians by a great many persons this celebration is believed to be the first thanksgiving from which we date our celebration of the day but well-known writers deny this one saying there is no record of any special religious service during this week of feasting but little did the colonists while feasting and making merry think of the hard times ahead of them The year 1622 was filled with misfortune. A short time after the harvest festival, the ship Fortune arrived, but the only fortune she brought to the pilgrims was a number of colonists, for she left with them no provisions or supplies. But the first colonists did not mind this, for they thought their bountiful crop was enough for all. So Governor Winslow sent back when the fortune returned to England, a glorious account of their prosperity. He was rewarded by having the charity and the swan arrive in the summer, crowded with some very undesirable people, who formed the Weymouth colony. They brought no supplies, and soon not only ate up the supplies of their hostess, but caused such an unfriendly feeling among the Indians that the pilgrims were afraid to try to add more cultivated land. So they had to content themselves with obtaining supplies from the few fishing vessels which passed and by an occasional trade with the Indians. But this was not sufficient to feed the increased colony. The harvest that fall did not yield so well as that of the year before, and the poor pilgrims had neither the heart nor the food for a second week of feasting food became scarcer every day and the gloomy winter passed and each one was glad to see the spring come but although hope sprang up in their hearts as the time for planting approached they were again doomed to bitter disappointment they finished their planting in April and hoped that with the harvesting of this crop their hardships would be over But the third week in May a drought set in, and the growing crop was withered and almost destroyed. This drought lasted until July, and for relief in their great need a day was appointed for special fare, and after nine hours' prayer with great joy the pilgrims saw clouds spread over the sky from which descended the next morning a gentle rain, which revived the corn and brought hope again to the hearts of the colonists. Captain Mouse Standish returned a few days after this feast for a little voyage which he had taken in the hope of procuring provisions. He brought not only food, but the glad news that a ship had been seen bearing in that direction. The colonists thought it only right, in acknowledgment of all these blessings, to hold a public service of prayer and thanksgiving. On the 30th of July this thanksgiving was held, and the day afterward the Anne anchored, containing many of those friends, that for lack of room the Mayflower had been obliged to leave behind at Leyden. We must justly claim this feast as the origin of our thanksgiving day, not only because, as stated before, it was both a religious and a social celebration, but also because it was the first time in the history of America that the governor appointed a day for Thanksgiving. All former observances of special days had been appointed by the church, but like the three days feast of 1621, this celebration in 1623 although without doubt the origin of our national thanksgiving day may be looked upon as merely a local observance being held by only the plymouth colony they however were the forerunners of other more or less local celebrations in massachusetts and gradually in other colonies for in sixteen hundred thirty a public thanksgiving day was observed in boston by the Bay Colony and and again in 1631. In that year the colonists who had been comparatively prosperous met with reverses. Their crop fell, and they were soon reduced to the same want which had befallen the Plymouth Colony nearly ten years before. The women brave as the men learned probably from the Indians who taught the pilgrims, a great many useful things, how to make a kind of flour from acorns. The children dug clams and mussels, but the ground was hard and frozen, and the few shellfish they could obtain did not go far toward increasing their supplies, for their stock of corn was now almost used up. The lion which lay at the Owl of Shoals was hired by Governor Winthrop to go back to England and bring a supply of food but winter came, and the vessel had not yet returned. The increasing cold weather caused a scarcity of game, while the snow hid the acorns and groundnuts, which had become their breadstuff. The small supply of corn dwindled each day, and it was at this point, as the story goes, that on the verge of starvation, five kernels of corn were appointed to each colonist as a daily ration. A fast day was appointed, that is, not a day m- merely for the absence of food, for in the condition of affairs that were unnecessary, but a special day of prayer. To the great joy of the colonists, just at this time, when they were in the greatest need, the lion, filled with provisions, sailed into the harbor. The appointed fast day was turned into one of thanksgiving and rejoicing, and so on February 22nd, 1631 occurred in Boston, the first Thanksgiving day of which any written record remains in the Colonial Records of Massachusetts. The first record of a joint observance was when, in 1632, Governor Winthrop of Massachusetts Bay appointed a day of Thanksgiving and asked the Governor of Plymouth Colony to unite in its celebration. Though in the next 50 years there were as many as 22 public Thanksgiving days appointed in Massachusetts, usually in October or November, after the gathering in of the harvest or to celebrate some public benefit, it did not become a regular holiday for a long time afterward. In 1677, the first regular Thanksgiving proclamation was printed in Massachusetts. As people of other creeds began to settle in Plymouth Colony, over whom the Puritan Church had no authority, it was thought necessary to have a law to govern public fastes and thanksgivings, and which should render the day a more general one. Therefore, on November 15, 1636, this law was framed, that it be in the power of the governor and assistants to command solemn days of humiliation, by fasting, etc., and also thanksgiving, as occasion shall be offered. So you see that even this law only called for an occasional celebration, and not a regular annual observance. After the passage of this law, judging from the data furnished by the church records, which besides the wording of the law itself, is the only evidence remaining. We find that the civil authority did not take the manor entirely out of the hands of the church, especially in Plymouth Colony. They rather combined with the church, for instead of ordering the appointment of a certain day they proposed or desired the appointment to the churches. We find that there was no civil appointment of a harvest festival in Plymouth Colony before 1668, although such a festival had, beyond doubt, become customary in the several communities. But in the Plymouth records of that year, we find the first Thanksgiving proclamation, which makes mention of the harvest in these words, It hath pleased God, in some comfortable measure, to bless us in the fruits of the earth, November 25th was the day appointed. The form of recommendation in Plymouth Colony in 1689 goes to show that it had become an annual custom. And even in 1678, there is good evidence that Plymouth Church was observing an annual Thanksgiving Day, usually in the autumn. That year, the day appointed was November 6th. The next year, february twenty fifth was the day, and the appointment was made by the church, while that of the following year, october twentieth, was made by the court. We find that this system of appointment, one year by the court and another year by the church, prevailed from sixteen hundred sixty eight and was observed annually, with exception of some few years, when for a special case, as for instance, during King Philip's war, it was interrupted for the one year. Before 1668, when the church alone exercised the power of appointment, there is no doubt that in a good many cases where records of a thanksgiving celebration cannot be found, their absence is due to the fact that on account of some public misfortune, the day was kept as a fast day and one of mourning instead of one of rejoicing and after combining with the civil authorities in the appointment, the church had so much influence that this peculiar view was still carried out. The other New England colonies soon followed the lead of Massachusetts, in the matter of keeping Thanksgiving Day. In Connecticut, especially, the church did not care to exercise so much authority, and the appointing power was early given over entirely to the government. In this colony, also, the observance of the day was more regular than in Massachusetts Bay or Plymouth colonies. For with one exception, records are extant for every year since 1647. This was in 1600. 75, when on account of Indian massacres, no celebration was held in Connecticut. Two proclamations have been found before that date, the earlier and no doubt the first proclamation ever issued, in Connecticut being dated September 18, 1639. The cause of this difference between the colonies is perhaps owing to the fact that the people of Connecticut were more cheerful than those of their sister colonies and found many a cause for gratitude even in years of general misfortune. Thus though to the pilgrims of Plymouth or to the Puritans of Boston may be traced the origin of Thanksgiving Day, the civil authority and constancy of the people of Connecticut have brought it down to us not as kept in Massachusetts Bay and Plymouth Colony, as an occasional day for a special cause, but as an annual celebration. In 1644, the first record of a public Dutch Thanksgiving Day is noted. The day being set apart in gratitude for the safe return of the Dutch soldiers with a battle with the Connecticut Indians. The next day, a treaty of peace with the Indians was celebrated by a public Thanksgiving Day and again, in 1654, the same method was taken to express the gratitude of the residents of the New Netherlands for a peace established between themselves and England. Twenty years later, a regular day was set aside, the council spent sending out the proclamation to the clergymen whom they asked to announce it the previous Sunday to their congregations that all might be prepared fittingly to celebrate the occasion. There is reason to believe that this celebration was more of a harvest festival than the first ones had been. In 1864, Dominie Brown of Wickwick asked for an established annual Thanksgiving, but there are no records to show that the desire was carried out. Though from 1690 to 1710, celebrations were held almost every year, being called Thank Days instead of Thanksgiving Days. When New York came under the sway of England, the English governors followed the example of their Dutch predecessors. The earliest mention of Thanksgiving in the records of Rhode Island Plantation is in 1687, but attempts to celebrate Thanksgiving Day in Rhode Island did not prove very successful. Whether the people were ungrateful or only stubborn is not known, but it is said that when Governor Andrees ordered them to appear to celebrate certain days which he set apart as days of thanksgiving, the order was so contemptuously carried out that several persons were arrested for disobedience to the king's ordinances. During the Revolutionary War, the people and the Continental Army observed an annual Thanksgiving Day by the proclamation of the Continental Congress. After the peace, it was discontinued until 1789. Washington's proclamation was occasionally followed by other presidents. About the year 1830, the governor of New York appointed a day, and other northern governors quickly followed, and in these states, the custom has since then been an annual one, and the South Thanksgiving Day was practically unknown until in 1855 when Governor Johns of Virginia urged in a letter to the state legislature the recognition of the day that he might issue a proclamation. He was advised not to issue it, as most of the citizens regarded this day as a relic of puritanic bigotry. His action, however, aroused public notice, and a great dispute arose. In 1857, Governor Wise, successor to John's, without asking advice, issued a proclamation. And the people throwing aside their prejudice celebrated the day with true Southern hospitality. The next year, eight Southern states, through their Governor's proclamations, kept the day But the coming on of the Civil War soon put an end to its celebration in the South. The celebration of the day was thus for several years, although regularly observed, merely a state affair, when the troubles connected with the Civil War suspended it for a time as fast days were more in accord with the general feeling than feast days. But in 1864, President Lincoln issued a proclamation appointing the fourth Thursday of November with a view of having the day kept thereafter annually without interruption. The President's assassination the next year almost caused the suspension of his own rule. But after being prevailed upon, President Johnson appointed the last Thursday in November, and since that time each President has followed his example. The governors of the several states, upon receiving the president's proclamation, issued their own names, naming the same day. Thus, we may say that since 1865, Thanksgiving Day has been an annual national holiday. Thank you for listening to another episode of Acresoft Story Classic.